1: I remember one time I go in and someone wanted their prime rib done more. Well, right. And I went in, I said, Hey, the customer wait, well, I should have got the end piece I'm like, well, he didn't. And I'm the one that has to talk on Well, if he wants it well done, he should have the end piece. Like, okay. Well, he wants it more well done. What does he do? He takes, he took the, the gravy or the juice and he put it on. He goes, it's well done. Jim Brewer, Jim, Jim Brewer, Jim Brewer, Jim
0: Brewer, Jim Brewer, Jim Brewer, Jim Brewer, Jim Brewer.
1: All right, so let me, where do, where do we even start? I don't even know. Let me get rid of that. Sorry. Why? I don't know. It's late night right now. It's after It's after the Dallas show.
0: First show of the tour. First show of the tour. So much happened. I mean, <laughs> first of all, we came in on a Sunday night. Flew in Sunday night. We all met up in Austin. Staying at a <laughs> uh, Fox Crown Habitat. Yes. First time I've got it now right. Joe, you're gonna say
1: something. Joe the whole time, he's selling me hard. Selling me hard on his best friend. With that said, Joe's like, I'm telling you, he's one of the funniest guys I've ever met in my life. I'm like, all right, I get it,
0: we're staying there. It's a cool place. He's building these cabins. I'm like, all right, Joe, I got it, I got it, I got it. Your exact words were, you don't have to sell me anymore. That's I was like, you okay. I already right, got it. Dino Jones may
1: be the hardest, hardest
2: I ever laughed
1: in my life. And he had all different ages. I, I have my, uh, I grew up, well, I didn't grow up, but for a long time I was living in Chester and the kid across the street from me. Can I, can I?
0: Go for John it. John
1: Michael, right?
0: I don't want him going back to college. He's got to stay on the road. <laughs> he's not even selling, he's selling shirts, but he's selling other things too. Like, like part of the club, there's, I think he was selling beers back there. <laughs> he was selling everything. <laughs> we're going to, we're
1: going we're gonna to call his mother and I know his mother very well. I'm like, hey, listen, he. He had a nice stint in school, but we're taking him on the road. He's got to go. Too much has happened. We've all bonded too much. And the point of that story is Dino had every
0: age, generation, howling. Crushing. So what they've built there is... They literally built a bar, like a real bar, and it has yes, kombucha. like it looks like a Western.
1: Bo- yeah, yeah, and
0: they do their own kombucha. My they, daughter lost her mind. Yeah, they do lost the, her, and mind. not like, not like. Oh, we did one like jar of camp komb- vats that are carbonated in a separate room. Everything there is done perfectly. Yeah, and that's the way he's always been since we were kids. And if you get a chance, look up Crown Fox. Uh, uh, Crown Fox Reserve, no, wait, Crown Fox habitat. 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 Crown Fox habitat. 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 Look it up; it's amazing. And you can stay there if you want; it's Ooh. amazing. Besides, you know the the comedy and all that. He's they're also into all these health things, and they had these they had this Epsom yeah, salt yeah, yeah, yeah. hot bath. It was like 120. So me, John, Mike, Jim, Stu and Rogan, we just hung out, and then we do you do the hot bath, 120 degrees, which was insane. Then you go into the cold plunge. What's the temperature? What's the temperature in there? Dino? The f- Temperature is 38
1: degrees Fahrenheit. 30. What was it, Mike? 30, 30
0: 38.
1: 38, 38 degrees. degrees. These bananas are jumping. So 120 the degrees to 38 degrees.
0: Yeah. And we got John, great video. We got great video. Yeah. Mike was. He was powerfestic. Th- first time Mike does it. Three uh, days. John Michael. John Michael. First time seven. Then he busted ten. And then the kid. Yeah.
1: The kid's at 33 degrees. He's like this.
0: Yeah. After that.
1: Dino's doing the Irish character.
0: His face is blood red. He's like, I'm gonna tell you right now, Jim Brewer, you're a funny yeah. guy, okay? But you're not funny enough to get my high top, bare knuckle, fist boy, representing the state of Florida,
2: the Ireland, end of course
0: <laughs> and, the, and, the, and then the way it all tops off, you guys, you do, you do all these plunges and you're drinking kombucha and you're out in this beautiful country and then he goes, all right, it's lunchtime. Dino. Yeah. Is this how we do it at Crown Fox? Right how here? we do it? Tell me what you got on the grill right we now. We got some mesquite sausage. We okay. got some uh, jalapeno sausage. And we got the grass-fed beef steaks. What's drizzle it with a little butter. Mostly to get the fire going, you know. Wow. wow. A
2: little Love bit it, of man. salt,
0: Boom. a little doink, boink, okay. boink. Crown Fox, oh, Crown Fox, just like the sign says. <laughs> and, and you ready for this, you guys? No forks and knives. Yeah. No napkins. No. He just throws it on a wood platter. Yeah. Cuts it still with get it wise. he's taking the salt. It was, <laughs> yeah. It was. It, I've never eaten. I'm never going to eat steak the other way. Me, other that's again. the way to eat it. Yeah.
1: Just, Fresh off the slab, cut it, guys. You, yeah. Get your fingers in there, tear yeah, it up. It was so good. So. Then I did the Rogan podcast. If you guys haven't checked it
0: out, we did a long. It was like one to four. Dude.
1: Yeah, it was a long time. We went werewolves, basically what evil people are. They're werewolves. They're werewolves. And then the other thing, there was one thing too where I started talking about. He showed a monkey scalp someone, and I and I started saying, "I think I could take a monkey." And I I still listen, and he's trying to tell me don't underestimate. The power of a little monkey. And I got to be honest with you. I said, I think with some, with a little experience, I'd be willing to train to fight the monkey. I really feel that way. And I think I'd beat the monkey. He's going like this. I know you haven't heard it. He's like, first, dude, I'll train you. It's going to take 10 years. roger goes, it's going to take 10 years. I said, 10 years? fight. He's like, bro, you're underestimating a monkey. He will, ta- a little monkey can rip your face right apart. We got to do 10. 10- yeah, right away, steroids start
2: training you right now. Gotta
1: take steroids immediately if you're fighting a monkey, and we got to put you out in a night outfit. Oh, and then
0: we went to the mothership. Well, we went to the mothership, that was amazing. They took amazing care of all of us, man. Even when I dropped my drink and it went over the balcony, by the way, I, I thought apologize. I was getting kicked out. I really did. I was wrong, rock- you weren't on yet, and I'm like, oh, great, I'm getting kicked out. Here we go. Mike looked at me like, what are you doing? And tell me is- so I had, a, I had like a whiskey and ginger and I was like, oh, cool, man.
1: First of all, they, before you even do this, they already went out of there. I called said, listen, I got five guys. I, I, if there's any way they can come. I have four guys and a girl. And we're staying at this place, Dino and, his, and I got uh, John Michael. I got Mike from the podcast. I got Joe Sib, and they set them up in this incredible balcony, um, balcony area. They're freaking out after the show because I saw sort like, oh my god, Theo Vaughn was right before. He yeah. Who, Shane, who was the
0: Shane, Shane Gillis right there. I was so like, oh, I didn't know Shane Gillis. I'm dying. Shane Gillis. Ugh. Shane and Theo, man. Right there? Yeah. And Comedy cool
1: crushers. Comedy crushers. Shane Gillis. Theo Vaughn. Crushers. So anyway.
0: Wrong light crush. Rod White. So funny. Rod. blonde hair. He looked cool. Yeah, he looked really cool. I told him he looked great.
1: Yeah. Um he
0: looked great. But I dropped my drink, so I was, I was sitting yeah, there. Yeah, so
1: they're sitting a the thing, and there's a balcony, and it overlooks the fit, and got Yeah, it. No, no,
0: I just was a more... I just... You know when you're like... I was so stoked, and I, I took a sip off my drink, and then I went to put it down, and, and then I just fully missed where the thing was, and it just hits... <laughs> And you know, like when you, you're just seeing, you're like, no, and all of the alcohol just goes over the balcony, <laughs> ice and everything, straw. And I'm like, and thank God the glass didn't, I grabbed the glass and then immediately security was on me. Like, Hey, like, they're they like, are you all right? I'm like, I'm so sorry. I did that. And Cam's it was like, funny. Cause the guy came in and he was like, everything all right. And I'm like, I'm cool, but you might want to go check on that guy down there. Yeah. yeah.
1: Thanks. Mike was like, wait, hey, here's a bus. Here,
0: Joe. <laughs> King. <laughs> <laughs> he comes a train. <laughs> yeah. Then we go back to the Habitat. Yes. <laughs> and they start a huge fire and then froze. Froze.
1: I went Literally. right there. Um Yeah, it was a really good. And then tonight at the Dallas show, <gasps> uh, the lead singer of Slayer. of Slayer showed up. It was so cool. He yeah. was... Him and his wife were probably two one of the kindest human beings I ever met. We laughed really hard. John Michael and Kid had him laughing. We were all... That was yeah, we time. all took...
0: You know, it's funny. We, Mike will post... the or Mike, can you post the pictures of us with him? So Mike comes up to me and, I, and I'm talking to Tom and uh, and this was like... It's a lead singer. Yeah, lead singer. Tom Singer. Uh, how do you pronounce his last name? Araya. Orion. So yep. Tom's there and right away he, he goes... He, this tripped me out. I, I go... I'm walking up. He goes, hello, sir. And I go... Holy shit. Super polite. Shit. I go, wow. And he goes, and he goes, uh, he goes, you you really made me laugh tonight. And I'm like, can I have you say that into my phone? Because I want to <laughs> play that to people. So then I go, and we're talking and, and we're shooting, you know, we're just talking back and forth. So I take a photo, and then uh, and then John Michael comes up and then Mike takes a photo, and we all took photos, and then we all go to the dressing room afterwards and we're looking at them, and everyone's like, ah oh, dude, I'm in red. Why is it so red? And I'm like, because we just took pictures. With the lead singer Slayer, dude, you wanted to be in red. You exactly. To, you know? Exactly. Well,
1: not only that. Yeah. Oh, the funniest was Mike. You said Mike bugged out. Mike was like mid-sentence and went,
0: oh. oh. Yeah, because the, the lady was asking to, to settle for the merch. And I went to go find oh. Joe. And I found him. And as I'm talking to Joe, I look over and go, ah, ah, And I just froze. You, you literally did. did. Yeah. I didn't well. know what to do. I'm like the lady merch. Uh, that's Tom Mariah. Okay, cool. And what a nice, like, he reminded me of, like, back in the day when, like, your kids' friends have, like, kind of, like, maybe a long haired hippie. Parent. Right. And you're like, right. he's cool. You guys can stay the night. like Right. You're like, <laughs> right. Like, right. Like, right. Like, right. Whose house are you to- at? Are you at the Mariah's? All right. It's uh, okay. Right. Like calls. Tom's like, hey, just
1: want to say, uh, you know, there, there may be a cooler. There, I'm having them all sleep by 11.
0: You're all, and, and, and the crazy. kind of thing where you'd be like, you would say to your kids, Hey, if Tom gets – if he says that you can't – you're done. done.
1: (laughs) None of that. The nicest
0: couple ever.
1: Good human being. Yeah. Yeah, it was really – so meet him the other night. It was uh, – and tomorrow we're off to San Antonio. Now, later in the podcast too, uh, Chef David Burke – and I got to be honest with you. I know a lot of you be like, wait, what am I – this guy – this guy was so entertaining, he's been around forever, and I asked him the parallels. We we had a really cool conversation, because oh, I was it going out. into, he would compare all the chef world, cause you know, he's like a top world chef. Chef David, how I'm are good. you? I'm good, how are you? Can I tell you, I'm good, but I I, I wanna personally apologize <laughs> for, for, for making you wait. Uh, this was all on me, I was telling your assistant, I'd love to say, oh yeah no i got a car accident or whatever i i personally wrote down the wrong time like a jackass uh and i'm the only one who did that you know my whole team was like a moron is that a
2: cattail
1: yeah or was was that a cat i tried to get a goat for the goat boy
2: thing but i only had a cat
1: (laughs) (laughs) and you're you're a jersey guy i am I'm shocked I shocked we never crossed paths. Where are you from? Well, I lived in Chester and oh, I went right. to one of your places.
2: I had a girlfriend um, in Chester five years ago. You get out of Fox here. Fox Chase Lane.
1: Uh oh. I've got a I've got a bunch of friends off of Fox Chase Lane. Yeah. Should we should we should we, is that a bad story? No, we, no we I, I just to, don't we, think
2: we, uh I don't think there's any connection because she didn't wasn't from there.
1: There's, oh, okay. okay. Transient. Okay. Uh, and where, where are you living now?
2: I live, well, I'm in Atlantic Highlands, New Jersey, down by Sandy Hook.
1: Oh, okay. That's a beautiful area.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, you know, yeah. we have a restaurant I'm be your, in Bernersville uh, now.
1: I know yeah, that. So that's close I know to know yeah. Well, now I'm in Florida. Any chance you can open up in, near Naples? We're building in
2: Florida now, uh, near Singer Island, between oh. Jupiter and West Palm. Beautiful project. Uh, this is on Singer no, Island? No, it's on the marina across from Singer Island in a town near Riviera Beach. It's called Lake Park.
1: I I know what you're talking about, because every year I would go down that way, and I, I think I would play in... In West Palm yeah, Beach, yeah. So it's or, nine you know, miles West north Palm of West
2: Palm. Beach?
1: Palm. Okay, so it's right wow. on. It's on that you Dixie really, Highway
2: that goes. It's a. It's a. It's, a, it's a, a town that's getting rebuilt. It's more of an industrial town, um, and uh, but I know it's a big 330-unit uh, condo complex called Nautilus 220, and we're going to have a restaurant in there on the water in the marina, and a indoor golf facility similar to what we're doing at Morristown.
1: Oh, are you doing, are you, you're not doing the, in the Morristown, you're talking about Morristown. I started hearing about that a while ago. You're not talking 1776. about. 1776. You're your old? Huh? Yes.
2: Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's, yes! Um, we write, we do all the food for the, uh, and management for the, uh, for that property. You're, you're a, you're a beast. Working hard. You really are. Be- <laughs> we, we like, we're, listen, restaurant business, you got to have a sense of humor. So uh yeah, you do it, because it's a crazy yeah, you business. Do. You know,
1: I was always afraid. We, years and years ago, when I'd when I would just serve, you know, and I I was depending on the chef. A lot of times, I feared the chef. I did not like dealing with a chef. I remember one time I go in and someone wanted their prime rib done more well, right? And I went in. I said, "Hey, the customer, well, I should have got the end piece." Like, well, he didn't. And I'm the one that has to talk on Well, if he wants it well done, he should have the end piece. Okay. Well, he wants it more well done. What does he do? He takes, he took the, the gravy or the juice and he put it on. And he goes, it's well done. What the fuck? <laughs> okay. All right. Chefs are very, you guys are very, very touchy, yeah. very touchy with your art. Um, <laughs> when, Funny. When did, it is funny, but you need a sense of humor. Oh, I, I, you definitely have a sense of humor.
2: Well, years ago, making the customer happy was was really hard, but that was the challenge. Now it's making the employee happy. Oh yeah. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's so.
1: Th- this is this is something I wanted to ask you, because in your in your industry, right? You got that. Yeah. Good? In your industry how do you because you may be part of an industry that rips off the establishment more than anyone else and what i mean by that is i have a few friends that run restaurants and every time i talk to him, he's like jim these employees figure they're the most brilliant thieves i've all i'm i spend more time trying to figure out how how much t- how many ways for them not to rip me off, whether it's through the booze or the food. Cause I'll be honest with you. I worked at this really nice resort. And this is as a kid, I'm like 23. I, I would order filet mignon with lobster tail. And then be able to maneuver it. where, like, yeah, no, they didn't, they didn't like it. And then I'd go in my locker and eat the whole thing. When well, technically I just ordered it for myself. Yeah. Like, I don't know how you, how do you, even begin do you think about that at all like do you, well, how b- bringing in a staff like bringing a staff knowing they're going to care about your incredible product your incredible restaurant because you put an a list thing out there you need a list employees yeah
2: well everybody's looking for the same employees there's some uh, things have changed with the the way people order i mean the computer systems now that you order through most people at 95 of them use credit cards um, the managers, you know, right. anything that doesn't, uh, get sold. And like you said, there's an accident or some things do happen. You gotta, you gotta yeah. minimize them. I mean, you know, you gotta lock things up, count things. Uh, when some, when you give someone a good platform to make money, like a waiter and they're working at a restaurant with a high check average, you know, if everyone spends a hundred dollars that eats at my restaurant a waiter makes 20 bucks a head. So in essence, yes. a waiter makes more per head than the owner. The owner in a good restaurant oh, wow. makes ten yeah. percent of the overall thing because hmm. they got to pay all the bills, right? After everything's paid, if right. you're good, you make ten percent on the bottom. So if you do a right. uh, hundred grand a week in sales, maybe you make ten thousand after all is said and done and all that hard work. If a, a waiter works uh, uh, X Y Z and 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 takes home twenty percent of what they took in that night they have to again give some to the busboy so they still take home 15 percent. so it's a pretty good gig for a waiter that works in a great restaurant that has a high check average because each person is spending xyz and leaving a decent tip if you work in a restaurant where the check average is 20 bucks which is like a a diner or something you got to work five times as hard to get that same twenty dollars out of the hundred
0: but often yeah. in the lower
2: priced restaurants, they make more money because there's a lot of cash. People that go to a diner or a casual restaurant will pay cash, and they usually tip more than 20% because it's cash. They're not doing the That's what I always do. So a good uh, – someone in a cafe or something, they hustle for lunch and dinner. But there are, there are very creative uh, – people that if someone wants to try and scam in like any business there's very they'll spend more yeah. time creative creatively on that than trying to figure out how to get better at their job
1: isn't that fascinating i mean some, of the, that, are,
2: some <laughs> of the most brilliant people <laughs> some of the most brilliant people are behind bars thinking
1: no that's true no i know i know it's freaking lit so chef david when When you're trying to figure out, all right, so in my industry, I go out and I'm constantly trying to create something new that they haven't seen or anything like that. So when you're opening a new place, is it still, do you still kind of stick with your format of what you do or you try to bring each place a little something? Here's something you're not going to find in Bernardsville. Here's something you're not going to find over here in Red Bank. Here's a little something extra. And, like, what, what is the process of trying to get to that? That's, that's, I would think it's ex- exhausting at this point. It's no? a good
2: question. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I try to do that. I try to outdo myself, probably like you do when you, when you start a new tour. So, we're going to open a new restaurant. Right. What's going to be new? What's the wow factor? Where's the hook? You know, is it a pastry that represents – uh, the Bernard's in, or is it something in a, you know, we have a restaurant called Orchard Park. We make a park bench out of chocolate. Is there going to be something on fire? Is there going to be something that nobody else in that community does? If we do a steakhouse, how, you know, we have a steak hanging from a, a chain and we carve it there and it's smoked with hay theatrics are good but the quality (laughs) and taste of the product always has to be first same as i guess with you with a show you got to be able to land something and but then you can throw some bells and whistles out there on and we sex things up we make something a little sexier maybe it's a sushi dish maybe it's something with oysters then there's something that's very hard to make that our competitors in the same town will never be able to make because they don't have the skill set so we try to do, like, for example, we have a ravioli at Bernard's Inn that has an egg yolk in the middle and spinach and cheese around the outside. So when you cook it, the egg yolk is liquid. So you cut that open like a sunny egg, like a runny egg. And, uh, right. and it's got truffles right. and things. But that type of ravioli is very hard to make, and you need to sell what you make that day because they don't carry over. Most of the other restaurants mm. won't do that because they're more formulaic and they don't have chefs of our caliber some do some don't but i'd rather put the work in during the day and execute yeah. and push a little harder to get that end result in that wow factor and a lot of people don't or they just get tired of it or they're they settle they settle and they say that's good enough for example right. we go to asbury park to open a restaurant and i find this in even in charlotte where we have restaurants most communities you go to and especially, uh, uh, before the pandemic, every restaurant that's competing with each other in a 20 mile radius, they're all trying to one's trying to be a little better than the rest, just a little better. Same price point. Sure. We look at everybody else's menus. What's the price, you know, they're all trying to be a little better. I'm like, let's try to be a lot better. Let's go after it. Let's come out of the gate. Like, like we're competing in New York city instead of the suburbs. And over let's a, crush you stretch you stretch the divide right and now it's like wow this place is really now it might cost you a little extra in labor and food costs and isn't and that for the first couple of months but all of a sudden you started to chatter you got the reviews you got the you know people are saying wow well they do it over there they do this i had this i had this i had that i had this dessert i had this flying mango through the dining room and a Cotton candy cream, <laughs> and, and they're excited because it's it's that far better and we i learned that in 85 well, in new york city when i, I was a chef at the river cafe in the late 80s under the brooklyn bridge and there was a restaurant which is now number one still number one in the world and usually it has been for 30 years it's uh la bernadine and the chef who passed away probably in the nineties, but there's still a great chef there now, but he came to New York city and started serving raw fish and beautifully designed food and came broke away from the old traditional French food with the cream sauces and this and that. And he made such an impact that it lasted for, I mean, it takes a lot of work also, but they, the the impression that that left on someone that was a young chef then was incredible. And the mark he made stepping into New York from, uh, somewhere in france on the coast of france and taking that chance of saying here i am and here's what we do was great
1: so all right here here's something i want to ask you um so Chef Burke, when you're like in my industry once once the internet came out and started really getting big it you had to be a little bit more like when when i started I had to try to get on hbo or or you know comedy central or something like that then the internet breaks out which is good and bad but now there's a billion competitions and there's a billion things breaking out that may not be as talented or 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 have the depth but now you find yourself competing i just noticed over the years when it comes to cooking and chefs it turned into a whole it turned into a whole uh, show. You know, you had what's his name going bang yep, yep. and bang and and all of a sudden it was like, Oh, this is this is how you gotta cook now. You gotta bing and bang and <sighs> throw the pan and dip the parsley in the bag. Yep. Now I'm opening a place. And did you find yourself In that world, like you knew, when did you feel, wow, we got to, we got to start looking, did you, or did you ever feel like we got to start looking this whole different way? Not just the product is good, but now we got to start getting hooks and little things here and there because this guy's binging and banging and this guy's on TV and, and all that, which eventually you, you, you got on TV, but
2: do you know what I mean? Well, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. In the seventies, when I told my parents I wanted to be a chef, it was stupid, stupid. They they basically called me stupid. Wow. My teachers, all that. It was a bad decision. Being a chef, really? In nineteen seventy-seven, I was a kid in high school, but it was not yet even a profession. It was like being a janitor or a maid. Wow. It was a call to, it called? Wow. Was called the service industry. You were, right? You know, you worked in a an hotel and you, you know you put on the rental uniform, and uh, yeah, <laughs> really, that's what it was. And uh, so it's come a long way. Yes. Throughout the 80s, I was a young chef. I moved to France. I studied pastry. I worked in some good places. I finally landed in New York at a great place at a young age. And I'm working in a restaurant that has the best view in the world, underneath the Brooklyn Bridge, looking at the World Trade Center, looking at New York City. So now I'm competing Mm. with a view. So my food has to look good. So I start designing food that looks instagrammable way before instagram. So my right. signature becomes creativity, presentation, culinary combinations and wow factor like wow how did he do that and, and outside the box thinking. Probably similar to what you have to do when you come up with ideas. You got to just keep write sure. down notes figuring out how am I going to be better than that? How do I deliver this? Now I had the experience of working in Europe at some some of the best restaurants in the world. So I knew what the finesse was. How do we, creativity comes in different forms. How do we take the traditional steak, potato and veg, turn that on its side and make it make sense and more of an artistic form. And we did that very successfully. Yeah. Myself, yeah. Emeril, who you're referring to, the bam guy, he was—he's yeah. a little older than me, but at the same generation of chefs coming up and starting to make noise. Before the internet, you had to get good reviews in the New York Times, certain publications, and your peers had to be the one talking you up. They had to respect, ah. you and recommend you to be at the James Beard House cooking. So it was a network, and you had to go out and eat. Like I had to go out and eat to see what these other restaurants were doing. I couldn't go on the internet and watch it. I could, right, we couldn't promote ourselves on the internet. So you had
1: to... And you got to be you got accepted by this correct. crew. You had it's to almost be, like a little crew. You if you're to, not accepted, you're not moving up. Kind
2: of, it's similar, to, I guess. And your results had to be talked about. You had to... And okay. we were in Brooklyn. So we weren't in Midtown where all the great restaurants were. Tribeca wasn't even a culinary destination. Right. I'm not even a thought
1: yet. Right. There right. was
2: only... Maltry, there was two restaurants down there. Um, so you had this... Had that in my favor, and I was 26, 27. I represented the United States in the Culinary Olympics in Tokyo, which was a great honor to even be picked. And then we wound up winning two medals. So that also started some more PR and excitement around which was becoming a brand. The David Berk-
1: Quick question. Yeah. Quick question. Yeah, the David Burke Chef Burke. What are your parent are your parents alive at yes. this moment? Are they and are they now going, Okay, yeah. this might work <laughs> out? <laughs> We're going to see David in in Tokyo. Yeah. He's won awards. They're they're talking you up at the I Elks Club. And it. now my you're dad, a rock my star. My
2: father meets me in the morning. I'm packed. I'm going to Tokyo. I got like a coffin size box full of toys, gadgets cooking tools all this and we're taking it on, <laughs> right. we're taking it on a t what the hell are you bring it david i'm bringing a, a trench <laughs> coat of, or whatever you got, got pot going on a twa flight to tokyo it's interesting because the guy i sat next to on that flight met me 20 yeah. years later and asked me how i did and uh
0: God, I swear serious? to God,
2: he goes, you were sitting next to me. We we're talking and you were, so anyway, my dad's at the river cafe. We're taking off at like five in the morning. He meets me there and he wants to tell me not to be discouraged if I lose. And I'm like, I'm like Get out of the way. <laughs> I said, I'm not flying all the way over there to lose. He goes, just be happy. You know, you're invited. You know, that typical, you know? Th- yes.
1: Don't get excited. These things happen. Just be happy you you got invited.
2: You know? (laughs) Right. And uh, so that came back. And then we, uh, but the internet, yes, good and bad. The Food Network, yes, good and bad. The good part is they recognize the value of what really good chefs do. And the opportunities mm. opened up for restaurants in Vegas and branding. Steve Wynn did a great job bringing the best chefs down to the Bellagio and and, and turning yeah. Vegas into a food city, not just a gambling city. So that was a big move in the 80s. right? And then people yep. say yep. chefs' names become on marquees, pots and pans. We're selling things like that for the ones that are gifted and have a following. Now, the Food Network comes along. They, ha- they help with this. The Coney Institute of America helps with this. It becomes a profession driven by creatives, renegades, transients, knuckleheads, and geniuses all together yes. mixed up that don't want to put on a suit and tie and show up in an office at 9 a.m. Monday through Friday. There's right. an outlet there right. for ADHD, creative people, people that and an opportunity to grow without a college education or with one If you wanna work seventy hours a week, here's a pot and pan, go to it. We're gonna pay you a ship pay and we're always gonna need extra help because people quit and you gotta stay late. And there's a there's 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 HR, it's an HR nightmare in the restaurant business, especially back then. There is no HR. Because if you shake somebody's hand and they got a pulse and you need somebody, you're hired. It's like we need someone to do dishes. We can't operate (laughs) you know, we're rowing a boat with eight people. We need eight people it doesn't matter where you're from we need need to get in here we're going to teach you and one of the beauties of the kitchen is you don't even have to speak english you just have to want to work hard and be able to compute what we're doing and learn it and duplicate it and then maybe grow up the ladder and with hard work and determination and the right tutor you'll do good so you Mm. if you're a hard worker with with a uh with a sense of direction and respectful, you can go quick. And you, you know, yeah. but you got, then you develop a palate and then you, you learn the, the, the beauty of the business. And one of my strengths is my memory and the fact yeah. that I'm inquisitive and I'm curious about why things are done. I want to know why you put applesauce with pork and mint with lamb mm. and oranges with duck and pickles on a hamburger. So then you start learning the science mm. behind things, the geographic. Uh, the the reasons the the history the geography the digestive aids uh, the presentation maybe there's religion behind certain things and all of a sudden that helps you get creative you can't in architecture you can't build a sky skyscraper until you learn how to build a house so you got to learn the fundamentals and that's what happens with the food network the negative part of this expansion and growth of the celebrity chef is just that everybody wants to be the quarterback. They don't want to learn how to throw, right? right. Everybody wants to be, want to be the yeah, chef. They don't want yeah. to butcher. They, they see the celebrity in this, not realizing this is a lifestyle mm. and it's a hard lifestyle because the be- better you get, the harder you work. There's no off time for right. a restaurant. And we're working no. holidays, weekends, uh, at night times 60 hours a week on your feet in a hundred degree kitchens and people, they don't teach you that on the food. Now you don't see Giada with her cleavage and sweater out sweating.
1: <laughs> right? No, you're right, man. It, it, they just want to be the rock star. They see the rock want, star. Just like and... I, it's,
2: when I was 15, I tried to, I went right to the lead guitar. I didn't want to learn. <laughs> I didn't even want to learn how to read music. <laughs> Me too.
1: Right, I don't want, I want to get to the Eddie Van
2: Halen opening. I want to be Ted Nugent to tomorrow. There
1: you go. Ted's going to love that you said that. Uh Dude, that is I I love all this too because you're um people like chef david Burke, you don't understand this you've been around forever and you also were a trailblazer so i know there's part of you as you watch everyone come along and here because it's like watching young comics come along like oh he's the blah 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 he's gonna get his tour he's gonna get the arenas and three years from now he's gonna be over here somewhere it's just no one's gonna teach him how to be i i forgot what um I don't want to give too much away, but I did come across. I was sitting at a table with a famous shirt or or I'll say celebrity chef. And the more I listened to him and the more I the more I was watching him, like he's just he didn't do what you did. He's not, he didn't, his fingernail, he, d- he did exactly what you're describing. He, he made it to the top, which is fine. Hey, we all get that chance. And then eventually he kind of faded away. He was like, I'm the tattoo guy. Or, I'm the, <laughs> I'm the oh, new yeah. Mohawk tattoo guy. And I
2: could make a chicken. I throw it against the window and I flat, out oh, I flatten you know,
1: it. But the
2: tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> so when I was a kid, that growing up, <laughs> if you had tattoos, either you were a biker, yes, an inmate, or a sailor. Yep, right. Correct. Now you got chef tattoos and make putting pink icing on a cupcake. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> yes, in the ear. I don't know and how red that red culture red. started. Of being again I don't in either. the kitchens, there are renegades and transients and creatives and people yep. that. You know, yeah. listen. If you look look at my uh, the Pope of Greenwich Village, one of the great movies of all time, right?
1: Of all, yep. Mickey yep, Rourke
2: yep. is the maitre d'. His cousin's a waiter because no one else is going to hire him. Right? Not, they can't right. work a real job, so it's like, yeah. Put put no. my cousin, my cousin Sal, get him a job in a restaurant. <laughs> put him in the bakery. <laughs> right.
1: I'm sure you got a lot of that too. That's another behind the scenes of things that I'm sure you. When you, when you reach, and maybe it's too present, but when you reach certain levels like yourself, d- d- does, does another, uh, set of rules and people show up in your life that you kind of have to appease and you really don't have much of a choice. No. That's kind of a roundabout no. No. question. No. In okay. Fact, okay. Um-
2: I understand the question, but, uh, yeah, it can happen in New York to a certain degree, you know, and and there's always room for conversation. I've never really been involved uh, with that. And it's kind of gone away to a certain degree, even in New York. Yep. Uh, but there's always, you know, Hey, you know what? My cousin's in a laundry business. He's got the meat company. Talk to, you know, you take a conversation. We, we lock into our, our, our purveyors pretty solidly. And, uh, but you don't want to, you know, everything has to be, at least for me, everything has to be what's best for the business. How are hmm. we going to do what's best do you, for the business?
1: Are you, do you, with all your restaurants, um, do you lock into one company for all? In other words, no. like, oh, we use this farmer. Everyone's different. No. Local? Well, here's like, what we that do. work?
2: We have one central buyer. All our chefs go to they put our orders into him. He calls four meat people, or he has four meat people, four fish people, four produce people, and he says, listen, we're gonna be buying five thousand pounds of shrimp, five thousand pounds of salmon this month, five 000. what's your price this month? And they compete. So if somebody wants us, ah. you know, you get a quarter less, same all same quality, top of the line. But right. we wanna know we, we want to keep it competitive. And then we'll buy a tractor trailer load of calamari or shrimp. Not necessarily the tra- we'll commit to it. We're not going to buy it and put it in our parking lot. But we commit to that guy that we'll use this this year. And we basically he feels more comfortable in buying ten tractor trailers because he knows we're going to buy one. And we commit for that right. year at a certain price, and that's called buying power. Because we know that you know we also know that no one's ever going to send us an inferior product although it happens once in a while because they don't want to sure. risk put, be put in a penalty box for a month, right? If you send me shitty salmon, I'm going to not buy for right. you for six weeks. And now you're out seven grand. I mean, uh, right. maybe probably much more than maybe 70 grand in sales for four weeks. Wow. So okay. we can do okay. that. And that way we, you know, when we need a, a delivery or somebody forgot something, we, you know, they, they work for us. They want to make us happy. We're the client. Just like my customer sends back a steak, I'll be happy to make a new steak. I just want you to leave happy, whether I was right Right. or wrong. If it's perfect medium rare or well done, you know we make people happy because it's yeah. First of all, I would never
1: bring my wife, or if my wife goes to your restaurant, I'll never have her order a steak. I've never seen anyone or she she orders. I'll have a medium. It always comes back pretty much medium or medium ram. She's like, you know, it's not done enough. I'm like,
2: oh my God,
1: (laughs) make crazy. Who orders a a fillet more than medium? It's already a crime. Well, I think it's a little more on the German side. That's another whole story. That's another whole story. So let me ask you this. So when you're finding new places, because you've pretty much crushed you've crushed everywhere you've been. Um, what makes you, cause a lot of your places are, you have a bunch in Jersey, yeah. right? you have a, uh, okay. And then you started hitting the Carolinas. Now you're now you're hitting Florida. Um, what <laughs> I love how the cat he just is. owns, I, a, he owns this, the place. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love it though. That might, I wish my cats were here. Um, what makes you pick does someone go and pick those places for you like now you're going to hit singer island which honestly i think is an incredible place but it's also it's also a uh, um a seasonal place almost almost to a degree so How do you, how do you look into that? Well, like a singer Island oh, area? Sure. Who, who hits that? You think, think. or a bunch you sit down? We,
2: uh, we just continue to do our work or what we do. And people contact us. We, we don't have a scout. We don't have somebody out there. Ah, looking for deals. People okay. reach out to us okay. because we're good at what we do and we're honest and we're hardworking, which are two things that are pretty hard to find in the restaurant business sometimes. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we get referred by other people, or people see that what we're doing. For example, we have a uh, two more projects or three more in New Jersey. Some of them, the best way is we make a deal with the you know the landlord or the investment group or the 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 the, 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 the office tower owner, the hotelier, and they build a project for us. <clears throat> And, you know, we do a payback or we don't, but we're the operator. We help fill the building. We help fill the hotel. We help them make money and we hope they'll do another project with us. The idea is we want to be able to get involved with people that are ambitious and have other opportunities because we're, we're already in bed together. We trust each other. We know. And that happens quite a bit. And that we're proud Mm. of because we know there's a there's a lot of stress in this business and a lot of tension. Yeah. We work through that. And as long as we're all, you know, there's going to be disagreements here or there because there's money involved. And there's anything that can affect the restaurant business, whether it's weather, the economy, you know, uh, stock market, pandemics, whatever. We get affected. You know, we're not selling chips. Uh, you know, with <laughs> right, right. And, it's high end. And there's a ton of competition and everybody's a critic. Yeah. You come in and you don't like something, you write a Yelp review. I'm sure it's the same yes. with your shows, right? Someone yes. can say, oh, it was yes. great, but yes. or it wasn't. And it's like re- they don't yeah. realize how much goes into it. So even a waiter right. or a hostess can deliver that bad experience. It might have nothing to do with the food.
1: You're absolutely right. You're at, you're hundred percent right. I've I've been into really nice places, and I'll get immediately turned off by the hostess or the host that has an attitude or looks like they don't want to be what? there and all that yeah. jazz. So, yeah. so your long term thing because I, I want to. I know you're busy and you got you gotta You got a. You got you're juggling a lot here. So I want to thank you for your time, Chef Berg. Um, you've already built an empire of your own. You've already pretty much hit a grand slam everywhere you go. Do you, I think you just kind of answered it. People come to you and ask, do you, at this point, do you aspire to go further, bigger? Uh, Is this something now you're just doing for you? Like, where do you go from here? You going worldwide? Like, where does it, where's it from here? Not
2: worldwide. I don't want to travel. I mean, it sounds sexy to have. We had restaurants in Saudi Arabia. We had an opportunity in England. I saw that, yeah. And yeah. it's too far for me to travel. I don't want to go. I want to travel. If I go worldwide, I want to be on vacation. But to fly to okay. Saudi Arabia, and by the way, do you,
1: <laughs> and by the way, with Saudi Arabia, you can't. I don't think you could. I don't know if you drink, but I don't think you, you can't can drink do anything. There. You can't. I mean, drink, it's a, can listen. People treated it.
2: me well there. It's got the infrastructure and what their building's incredible. I don't want to fly yep. to work that far. We do have a project in the works in Vegas which is a great deal for us and a good business plan and we're in Charlotte. Are you allowed to say what water. hotel? Yeah, yeah, it'll be a, a, a rebuild of an old famous one. <clears throat> but I can't talk okay. about it. But the, Okay, no worries, no worries. The goal for me, we're doing something called goat pizza actually. That great.
1: That's what I that's what we're getting to, the goat.
2: The goat pizza. Goat Go pizza ahead. opens in Charlotte in about 2 months. That'll be the the first unit of a, ch- a chain, which is a dirty word, of a fast, casual chain of pizza, goat pizzas we're going to be building. And that's one thing, because we can sell a company like that. It's hard for me to sell what I do at Red Horse at the Bernard's Inn, although we have three Red Horses. Yep. But a Marriott would buy that brand and put them in 10 Marriott's. Mm. Or 10 Four Seasons. Ah, so okay. the exit strategy for us would be something like, you know, something that can be duplicated of high quality. Uh, but for me, I'd like to build a hotel that has a cooking school attached to it in Jersey. Ooh. That's a brilliant can, where the idea. Students can live in certain rooms. We have the court. Oh, wow. And like the old apprenticeship program at a resort and and teach people from the ground up. They spent two years with us. And then be able to farm them out to the best restaurants in Jersey. Some of them being ours and some being the other ones. And we're trying to, we, we have the groundwork for some of that. But again, that's, it's not as easy, but you know, that would no. be something I'd like to do in a, de- a decade from now.
1: Wow. That's, that's a brilliant because idea. A lot t- of the I'll kids you can't why.
2: afford the big schools, like where I went to the Colonials of America, Johnson and Wales, where I, they, I have a doctorate degree. We do things with them. But those schools are $150,000, $200,000 after a four-year program. If you get a local Jersey mm-hmm. guy that is really ambitious and talented, here's the, here's the catch-22. The best young cooks coming out of a community college in Jersey can't afford to work for the best chefs in New York City because they can't commute. You can't get an apartment mm. in New York; costs ten grand to get it started, and you right. can't catch a bus right. after midnight and get back there by lunch. So you're, you know, you're mm. so close, but yet so far away. So if we can apprentice this them is... and give them the skills to be able to walk into the best restaurants in New York and a little bit of cash in their pocket, then they can go work for the best in the in the country in New York City.
1: I think that, I got to be honest with you. I think it's one of the most brilliant ideas I've ever heard, and I'll t- and I'll tell you why. <clears throat> a, my da- I just offered my daughter before before you even before we even had you. My daughter loves cooking. She won the be- you know the best chef in her school. Blah oh, good, blah blah. But but at the same time, she's like, I don't know, Dad, It's a lie. You know, I I I. I get so nervous every time someone's about to eat. Like she watches me like a hawk every time. I'm like, what are you watching? It's gonna be good. Um, and I said, "I'll I'll pay for you to go to school." So she's thinking about. But I also know another kid who's really good. But he's like, ah, oh, you know, I don't know, it's, 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 you know, college and my parents. And so I, I wonder how many people out there really do aspire to become that, and for the reason you said they really can't afford it or, you know, but then, all right. So I'm talking as I'm talking, I'm also going, you know what? It's something you said earlier, which I believe in too. You have to have that inspiration and you have to have that desire and you have to know you're going to bust. You're going to invest your life in hard work and you're going to do this. I mean, because those are the only people that no, no offense, cream of the crop that truly make it in the end. But what you're talking about may inspire a lot of people to do so. I don't well, know.
2: It, it gives I've them a, a like runway to see if it's really what they want to do too. Right. When you go to college mm, school, right. right out of high school and make that commitment, there is a 50% drop off of people in this business after five years, 50%. Wow. <clears throat> That's a big number.
1: What, what, what would, what would uh, so all right, like for instance, we'll take my daughter who's not, I got one who really wants to become one but doesn't want to work hard and I have my daughter who works hard and she's like, "Eh, I don't know. What is let's say I want to, she wants to go into chef school. For anyone out there, what 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 is the best way to start? What would chef berg tell someone young that goes you know what i'm really going to go for this but where should i start where do i start do i start the local restaurant do i start at a culinary school which culinary school should i kind of start at what do they do it's a
2: good it's a good one and i've I've talked to many uh, uh parents and their kids and most of them the idea would be this make sure you know what you're getting into. Go get a job in a restaurant, go work there for six months or a year, before I know it's hard to do when you're in high school, and make sure you're willing to stand up on your feet for ten hours a day, work the holidays, work yep. miss your miss your sister's graduation, miss miss Easter, mm. miss Mother's Day, mm. miss New Year's Eve, mm-hmm. miss Christmas, all that and see how you're feeling about it. The miss, miss your mm. the, miss your dating life, right? The highest <laughs> divorce rate, the, the the number two highest divorce rate in America is chefs, and the number two suicide rate is chefs. So take that all into consideration <laughs> before you take a leap. Now, if you do love it, which I do, and I still do, and I still love to get behind a the range, then there's no other reason, Then it's not a job. It's a lifestyle. Correct. You as a, a performer, comedian, entertainer, if you have to work six gigs in a row, I'm sure you do it you love doing you got to be on a road for six months or whatever your schedule may be that's what you do right but you as an entertainer and 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 any athletes and actors the entertainment business usually allows the entertainer to take some time off where the restaurant business doesn't there is no off season for a great restaurant So, all of a sudden, you're on this hamster wheel. And all of a sudden, if you're ambitious, like, okay, I got another opportunity in Dubai. Oh, I got another opportunity. I'm going to do it. 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 Next thing you know, how do you get off the wheel? Now, there's other other methods. And there's the life-work balance. And I interview people. And they're like, well, I want to be the chef. But I need a a life-work balance. I'm saying, I said, I can't guarantee that. Because when somebody quits, you have to be there. Because I'm not going to do it. Right. So you're right. taking the, you're taking the uh, the wheel of the ship here. So you're responsible for the course it takes, you know. So, you, right. you, you know, if you have a wife or a husband that doesn't want you working too much, you, you, sh- you should take a corporate chef job where you're working maybe at a club or in an office building for one of the big companies like Aramark or Compass or Levy. And, you know, your schedule. The, the office is yep. closed on the weekends. Yep. You're home by eight o'clock at night a different lifestyle different kind of cooking but you're still in the food business
1: uh you know what you just that was you just you just nailed it david you just you just nailed it what you just said everyone should hear because even just being a server and i i have a good friend i went to school with who married a chef has his own place out in long island he's never home never ever home so you just crush it for uh, for anyone that wants to be a chef ever it's try that first you you're not going to be there for valentine's day you're not going to be there for new years you're not going to be there for christmas you're not going to be there for thanksgiving if you can if you can and it's lifestyle i tell young yeah. comics too I'm like are you in it because this is your life or you in it because you want to wear the leather pants and the kangaroo and say, hey, you know, I'm a comedian blah, blah, or whatever you, you know, I write big moves. But you're you're a thousand percent correct. You're married to that lifestyle. And you have to if someone's willing to come along for that ride and support you and and make you better at your lifestyle then you will thrive but the chances of that are not very good they're not in your favor uh unless you are someone like yourself that was that was absolutely perfect and beautiful i love it um i can't wait for the singer island one that's the closest one to me although what's great is when i get to travel i'll make sure i hit all your spots and everyone can go to your website everyone can go to it's chef uh, ChefBurke.com I don't want to mess this up DavidBurke.com DavidBurke.com David Yeah, It is DavidBurke.com ChefDavidBurke.com
2: ChefDavidBurke.com
1: ChefDavidBurke Aren't we so excited that we have assistance and all that Because <laughs> you and I in the same world We're like, wait, what am I doing? What time is it? What's my website? When am I playing Dallas? Okay, thank you That's true. I, We're we got, you worry about it, you know, you got you well, to worry, you you worry about you got to
2: worry about. You got to, you got to write stuff.
1: <laughs> yes. I tell you what, I'd love to hook up with you one day. If you're ever off for a couple yep. hours, sit down, coffee, wine, whatever, right. and get into more and more with you, man. I, it's an absolute. And I want to hear more about goat pizza. Oh yeah. Can we get, can we hit that another time? Yeah, I want to hear what? what How do you come up with goat pizza? I have a lot of questions about this. My my
2: business manager used to be, he's a sports agent. So the greatest of all time, we trademarked that for greatest of all time pizza, maybe seven years ago before the goat became, you know, Tom Brady and this and that, blah, blah, blah. So it's got value in that brand already. And we're going to have a family style, creative pizzeria, burger pasta in uh, Cornelius, North Carolina. And, uh, and that's going to be one that uh, it's going to have the sports memorabilia and all that cool stuff for the, the local teams yeah. and the moms and this and that. And also for a big bar scene for like a sports bar. And those things, yeah. uh, we think there's a, there's a chance that we can put those in stadiums, airports, and all the other stuff.
1: Ah, you think I like that. I like that well, thought need process. That, we need that's a, a good We formula one.
2: that we can expand with where the food isn't – So complicated that we have to train chefs in different parts of the country. And that one, we write a menu that can be duplicated by young professionals and not too complicated. And not too complicated for the public. And the price point remains flexible and low enough for certain zip codes. Not everything is New York City and San Francisco.
1: Bernardsville.
2: Bernardsville, yes. Which is a great town. (laughs) That area is beautiful.
1: I agree. Yeah. I agree that it was. I was there for twenty, almost twenty three yeah. years, Jersey, and I absolutely yeah. loved it.
2: Jersey has some, some of the most beautiful parts, you know, that area and out west and and Monmouth County and Ocean County, beautiful.
1: So, my last question for you, Chef Burke, is there a is there a end game? Is there a retirement? Is there a, I, I look and I go. I'm going to do stand up until I can't literally stand up anymore am i gonna do it as much probably not uh, most likely not i have the desire to just start traveling and yeah. living life but i can't get away from this passion no, I'm in a, is there I'm an in the same boat
2: i'm in the same boat i think that i right now i work a lot and i think in the next decade i'll uh I, it'll still be involved but at uh not as much as every day because like you i want to travel I, wanted, I right. want to do other things. I, I have traveled many places throughout my career, but I think that you have to uh, – but we have to build the infrastructure so that I can get out. Right. Because the companies right. will still be existing. We've got leases. You know, We've signed <laughs> – I've got leases that will be in play till I'm 95, which is, you know, if I'm around. But I, you do have if to other, around. take a back seat and uh, let the other people run the company. And those are decisions if you, you gotta make now, who's gonna do that? If
1: if your day was to end if someone said, David, you know, the Grin Reaper showed up and said, David, I'm really sorry, you don't have a lot of time, but it's time to go. We gotta go tomorrow. Are you you feel you accomplished everything you want to accomplish?
2: No, but I feel good about what's gotten done.
1: You'll, you'll go with a big smile. Yeah, okay. You're like, you know what? Yeah. I did I did it. Yeah, good, 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 yeah.
2: good. Hey, man. And then good, wherever good I go with it, we're going to open a restaurant because the fire is going to be on it right now. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do some barbecue. I like
1: that. <laughs> I like that. Hey man, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for your patience. Thanks for all you do. Uh, incredible career, credible restaurants, and uh, just I want to I, I want to hang out Please more because I. Yeah, i want to come see you. There's one of these this days. whole other side to you too. I want to go see you oh, in Red Bank. All right, I'll be in Red Bank. I think in in April or May. I'll let oh, you know. We got a we'll restaurant down the street.
2: And... We got two of them. Yeah,
1: I I know that. All right, I believe I'll see I... you then.
2: If not before, thank you
1: you got it brother be safe
2: take care bye-bye
1: happy new year chef Burke. everyone the guy is i also he's he's well he's really funny too and he's just a real salt of the earth guy he's not he's not trying to sell you on the fame he's not trying to sell you which is that's a guy that's come from the very beginning before before it was cool to be a chef before it was You know became this whole artsy thing and everyone's on bravo and everyone has their own top chef and blah 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 he's been from the very beginning to build that empire and he's and he's just done it right everywhere he goes just a great individual um i highly suggest just go to the website see what restaurant is there and uh at least give it a shot at least i mean the guy is more than just a chef he's an incredible human being um and I can't wait to I can't wait to crush his place in Red Bank, New Jersey. All right, uh, you guys stay out of trouble, and we'll we'll catch up in a little bit. Um, so I want to I want to tell you one other thing too. All right, I want to address one other thing. I started last week, and I said um, we're going to have to learn to unite, and we're going to have to start to recognize. Every single angle that they're going to divide us, distract us, and everything else, and just we have to drop all that. It's not going to be easy. It's going to take a lot of energy, and just focus on uh, looking after each other. And just want to hear more about the family, or or your friends, or issues you got, whatever. Right. With that said, you know, I want to Rogan, and I have certain things I to I do want to get across. Um, I was asked to go on Alex Jones. Okay. Now, when I went on there, which I highly suggest you watch, it was we went we went spiritual. I went God, uh, my father, uh, high spirit. He he got all emotional at one point. I had never met him. Uh, I didn't know what to expect. He was super inspired, or at least seemed to be, by the whole thing. And I've gotten so many messages from all of you going, that was one of the most inspiring thing. We need to hear that right now. Wow, the world really needs this, really needs this. You know, my wife, she found faith a long time ago. She finds it in a different way. She reads the Bible and I'm not really good with all that stuff, um, but what I get out of that is being Christ-like, and to me, Christ doesn't even have a a, um, a color—white, black, blah, blah, blah. I don't see—I see it as a as a way of life, meaning, meaning. W- what, can you, what positivity can you bring to this table? What understanding can you bring to the table? Where can you find love, unity, forgiveness, and everything? And if you're that determined to judge someone because something they might have said, I ask you this. Are you just, because I've heard, oh, yeah, the terrible things he said. I'm not going to debate that with you. But what I am going to ask you is this. Were you cheering when George Bush at the World Series throughout the first pitch? Wasn't that the human being that, along with everyone else that said there was weapons of mass destruction, they said, your child... Your child, how many children were sent there to fight, to kill innocent human beings, only to later find out the weapons never existed? Nobody marches about that. Nobody, oh, I can't, care. that is just, no one cares about that situation. Would you, oh, well, you know, presidents screw up, you know, we screwed up a war. But you're pissed and you'll turn off life and you won't listen to messages from something that's said. The ones that change things, talk to the hookers, talk to the drug addicts, talk to this financial bracket, talk to here. And that's the way we're going to get things done. And I want to thank everyone that gave me incredible inspiration. I had a guy tonight who purposely paid a meet and greet so he can come tell me, hey man, that Alex Jones interview was so, the the humanity needs it. Humanity needs it. That is quote, end quote. Don't worry about where messages are given. Zone in on the message. And maybe, just maybe, your mind will start expanding. You won't believe everything you've seen on the television. You won't believe everything that your team leaders tell you. All the false idols. If we're going to start joining uh, uh, humanity, team human, some of us are going to have to expand our thought process. But like I said, for all of you that judge that, you're not the ones I'm trying to reach. So with that said, thanks for hanging out with Brewing Okay, later guys. Jim Brewer and I got my own Patreon page and hopefully you'll check it out. Live comedy concert streamed once a month. Early access to the Bruniverse podcast every single week and have bonus footage and bonus segments. I promise you I'm not going to let you down. Go check out my official Jim Brewer Patreon page and I'll see you there.